Yo, what's up, friends? Welcome back to the local podcast. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Greensburg Video. That's my video and photography company located right here on Main Street in Greensburg. If you and your company are up for some fresh ideas and some engaging content, look no further than Greensburg Video. You can check out my work at gbgvideo.net or greensburgvideo.com. My portfolio is growing daily, so you can check that out. Shoot me a message, and we'll figure out a strategy for you. Speaking of advertising, you can do that for your business right here on The Local Podcast. If you're interested in that, hit me up at thelocal724.com. But enough of this palaver. Let's get the show on the road. All right, what's up, everyone? Today on the podcast, we have Josh Fabian. He's the CEO of Metify. If you don't know what Metify is, it is a coaching company for esports. Yes, video games. Sounds a little crazy. Sounds a little futuristic and forward thinking. That's because it is. When you're a local Greensburg guy and you've got investors on the hook, guys like the founder of Reddit, the CEO of Skillshare, and the guy who invented Amazon Prime, when you got those guys on the hook for a couple million bucks, you must have a pretty good idea. You're not going to want to miss this one. Let's check it out. Welcome to the local 724 podcast in three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the local podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hauser. Today with me, I have Josh Fabian of Metify. What's up, man? How are you? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. It's yeah. a Yeah, it's a fun little space. I enjoy it. My nice little hideaway in Greensburg. That's super dope. Yeah, it's cool. So Metify, um, tell me about Metify because I heard of Metify first from, uh, an acquaintance of, of ours. Yeah. And then I heard about it from my kids. <laughs> wow. Really? Yes. So, That's and, and before I talked to you, I knew what this was because of my kids. So please explain to the world That's what amazing. Metify is. Um, yeah. So we take, we take the best gamers in the world. Uh, and we give them the tools and the resources to run a business teaching others how to play better. Um, so we are, in a nutshell, a coaching platform for uh, mm-hmm. the greatest minds in gaming. Yeah. So what, I guess, like, how did the idea for this come to be? Yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a tangled web. Uh, but I was a lead designer at Groupon uh, running the Marketplace Initiative. When I left Groupon, uh, it was to pursue gaming. Um, you know, I, I played a game called Yu-Gi-Oh as a teenager. I was um, nationally ranked in that game, and uh, I really enjoyed that. There, there was something to sitting down across the table from someone, and that was kind of this great equalizer. Didn't matter how much money you had; all that really mattered was how well you prepared. Yeah. Uh, and competing in that way, there's just a magic to it. So when I left Groupon, I wanted to kind of chase that because I was seeing gamers were making a living again. Mm-hmm. Or not, again, gamers are making a living for the first time, really, yeah. uh, competing. So for me, it was a game called Clash Royale. It was a mobile phone game, of all things. And I was hooked. I played eight hours a day. Uh, and four hours of that was streaming. Uh, keep in mind, I've got four kids. So I'm a, I'm a father. Yeah. I'm a grown man <laughs> playing games eight hours a day on my phone. Um, but I wasn't making money, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was taking notes every time I lost a game on who I lost to, what their name was, what they were doing, what I could have done differently. Yeah. I took it very seriously. It was a job to me. And I was top 20 in the world for a little over a year, but I was making like $30 a day. Nothing. Yeah. 
Right. So I started coaching. Uh, coaching was an outlet to just make money. Uh, I charged a hundred dollars an hour and that led to me coaching someone on stream on Twitch and then again and again and again. And then by the end of it, uh, you know, in, in about six months I'd made 40,000 as a coach, uh, which is less than you'd make in tech. Yes. Yeah. More than you think you'd make in game. I eventually went back to tech because it, it was just easier work. You can yeah. coast more in tech than you can running your own business. Um, you know, especially like a, a really a freelance consulting kind of business. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was around the time my kids got into gaming for them. It was the Pokemon trading card game. Right. And they were terrible. And <laughs> here's the thing. I'm their dad. I know card games who better to teach you than me. Right. Wrong. They didn't want to hear <laughs> anything. They were like, uh, yeah, dad, shut up. <laughs> you don't know dad. <laughs> what do you know anyway? Uh, so I ended up reaching out to one of their favorite players who was, you know, the best player in the world at the time. And I asked him, like, hey, this is going to be super weird, but could I pay you to, like, hop on a call with my kids and teach them? Because they don't want to listen to me, but they do want to get better. And he was just like, yeah, I can do it for $20 an hour. And I was just like, what? $20 an hour? Bucks, huh? Like, bro, our babysitter costs more than that. You're the best yeah. player in the world. <laughs> <laughs> for 20 hours an hour I'm going to move you into my house yeah uh, <laughs> so of course we worked with him and um, he was incredible for my kids it, it was as special to them as if my dad would have walked into my room when I was a kid and been like Josh Michael Jordan's at the basketball court behind the house he's going to have you working your jump shot right yeah. I would have been like well I'm having an aneurysm because that's right. insane for you to say to me <laughs> Uh, and for them, it was just that kind of reaction. They were just like, what is happening? Like, is this real? Yeah. But it cost me $20. That's so wild, man. It's crazy. Like, it was magic for them. And uh, I did ask him eventually. You know, we worked with him for a while, and I said, hey, are you doing the Pokemon thing for a living? And he's like, I, I wish. Like, I make 30K a year working in a warehouse. Yeah. And for me, that, that was it. That was the moment where, like, I think every entrepreneur has, they have that moment where, um, their ego kind of gets them. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, here's a problem that I can solve better than anyone else on the planet can. Mm -hmm. Never true. There's a thousand me's out there. Right, yeah. There's a thousand me's probably in Pennsylvania. But you have to have that bit of ego to be like, I'm going to drop everything and run with this. Yeah. Which I did, and I think no one else had done at that point uh, in the same way that I had at least. Um, that got us to where we are. And fast forward into today, you know, my 11-year-old and 10-year-old are top 100 in the world in Pokemon. So that's why the coaching has worked. Yeah. Uh -huh. So you've got like proven method for sure. Um, what's, uh, you know, where is, where is that guy now? Like, yeah. did you, did you, is he part of Medify now? Yes. He's coaching on Medify. He's doing nice. pretty well. That's uh, awesome. Which is, it's super cool. Yeah. I had a coaching session this morning with a coach. Um, and when I hopped on the call, I was just like, so how are you liking Medify? He's like, do you work for Medify or something? <laughs> I was like, I do. And he's like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, I'm kind of the, the boss. The CEO, <laughs> you're the dude, man. Yeah, and like he couldn't believe it, but then he just kept telling me like, this is insane. He's like, Medify is kind of a game changer for me. Because yeah. I can just, he's like, I, he's like, I'm doing four coaching sessions today. I'm making more than I was making at my job. Yep. And like, yeah, I mean, it was a blue collar job, but still like for him, he's just like, this is, right. this is real for me. Dude, it's amazing. I mean, like when people like you are out there doing something that enables uh, a whole group of people to really get introspective and like yeah. take a look in their lives and just say like, look, 
I might be working this tech job. I might be working yeah. this blue collar job, but my time is way more worth. Yeah, it is worth way more to me than than sitting on the parkway for an hour to get to work and, and doing right. that, and then an hour back. You know, it's 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 amazing that you know people like you are are popping up yeah. and really kind of like you know showing people that they can succeed. If they are the best at something like how, well, how fucking discouraging would that be if it was like, dude, I'm the best camera guy in the world, yeah. but I'm not making any money at it. That dude, that's exactly it. That's bullshit. We get a lot of people that will, that will hit, like hit us with like people will pay to get better at games. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Yeah. Like if you're going to spend four hours playing a game a week because mm-hmm. you've got a family and you've got other things to do. Do you want to spend that four hours losing or do you want to spend an hour to speed up and get better? Right. That's really common. But then you also have people who, you know, when you look at like kids, more kids want to be YouTubers or Twitch streamers than they want to be football players. Right. And professional athletes. Like things are just shifting. And, and I think another thing that's interesting, too, is that um, when I was growing up, being good at sports was cool. Yeah. You know, uh, and... I was never really good at sports, but um, I wasn't bad either. Uh, (laughs) But like, you know, I remember seeing the kids that were great, right? Mm -hmm. That they were exceptional and they were so cool. And that's changing. It's not that cool to be good at sports so much as it is cool to be great at Fortnite. Right. Yeah. You know, and and I think that those cultural status pieces for kids uh, kind of they're everything. The way our kids communicate now is through games. you and I, we probably text and, and hopped on calls with our girlfriends or our friends, yeah. whatever, for hours. And nobody was like, that's rotting your brains. Right, yeah. But, like, now my kids don't hop on calls. They hop into Roblox or Fortnite with their friends. So, like, they're engaging what they were engaging mentally on a call. But now they're also doing being creative and yeah. doing other things. So, initially, I was pretty not thrilled with the idea of my kids spending a lot of time playing games. Yeah. But I think it's just, that's how kids socialize today. And to oh, not let 100%. them do it, I think, is stigmatizing. So. Yeah. It's really weird, man. And, like, full transparency, meh, not even too long ago, maybe a year ago, Yeah, I was just, well, before the pandemic. Yeah. I was like, dude, let's get outside. Let's go do something. Yeah. Let's go work on baseball. Let's go work <laughs> yeah. on, because exactly what you said, yeah. that was what it was when I was a kid. So it was like, you know, let's go work on, I'm going to teach you how to ollie. Let's go ollie. Grab your skateboard. We're going to go to the park or something. Um, And after, like, during the pandemic, we weren't allowed to do anything. My wife was still kind of like, you know, you can't sit upstairs and play games all the time. (laughs) And then I was just like, well, what else are they going to do? Like, you know, who who cares? Just, like, let them enjoy. Like, we're sitting here watching endless fucking Netflix. (laughs) Like, what are we doing? Yeah, endless. Yeah. And (laughs) so it's, you know, it turned into, like, you know, we're letting them do their thing. And then that is kind of when I started to understand that, you know, I sit there and idolize, uh, say, Michael Jordan or something like that. And my kids are idolizing uh, some dude that is playing... uh, you know, roadblocks or, or something like that. So it's, uh, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? Like I realized the, uh, the whole thing, like watching some dude play Fortnite on TV at first, I was like, you're watching another kid play video games. Like, what are you doing? And like, at the same time, I don't know who it was. Somebody said to me, 
you do you watch people play football and i was like well fuck you man yes i do so it was like shit like i yeah i mean like and it's like imagine football but with like insane explosions right and all these like crazy things that could never be in a physical game right yeah i didn't honestly like we've got um so kelvin beecham is an investor Mm -hmm. uh so he i mean he's a professional football player then will allen is also or he was a professional football player. He wasn't for the Steelers. Both both play on the Steelers. But I remember talking with them and then being like, do you follow sports? And I was like, no. Yeah. And then they're like, we follow esports. Because I don't know how, like they both told me, I don't know how physical sports keeps up. Because yeah. digital, like we're seeing these humongous arenas being erected at colleges now for esports. Mm. And I mean, you have a dragon flying across the arena. You know what I mean? It's, it's just so yeah. engaging. And then you go to like a football arena and like they're fun because of the people you're there with. Yeah. They're fun because of the energy, but they're not visually engaging in the same way. They're not at all. And it's it's just such a different experience. And I think that we're, we're kind of seeing that shift happening where like Pepsi's like, we're going to put our money here now. Yeah. Uh, and then that's when the scholarship. That's just saying, hey, but. You can go get a concussion playing football. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> they can get you a scholarship. Yep. Uh, which is fair, but like at the same time, I think we we can we can be a little hypocritical for sure uh, at times. Hundred percent. I, you know, I'd like to think that you know, no matter what age group I'm in or whatever, I feel like if I'm presented with a a good you know idea of what's going on yeah. and I can see like both sides of it, then cool. Yeah, I was wrong. Go, right good enough like yeah. you want to you know if this is gonna actually like help you uh take care of stress or like mentally yeah. whatever or if you can make money doing this somehow yeah go for it like put your put your energy where you want to put it because when i was a kid i wanted to be a pro skateboarder my mom was like yeah. you're not gonna do it you're not gonna do it and <laughs> right. i was like and i knew in the back of my mind like yeah. i wasn't doing handrails i wasn't doing big you know sets of stairs or anything like that yeah and I was just like, I wanted to be that. So my mom just, yeah. she let me skate as much as I wanted for as long as I wanted. You know, right. it just like, and finally it was like, well, all right, I got a girlfriend. I'm going to hang out with her a little right. bit. Oh, I'm going to start a band. All right. Well then, you know, and skateboarding just kind of, yeah, you know, finally and eventually ended up where it was. It's memory. <laughs> but, I, it was funny as for skateboarding is, um. I wanted to skateboard, mm -hmm. but only so much as like buying Spitfire shoes. And, and right. right. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was the like, brands. that shit. The but, brands were the shit, man. Right. And I still really, I think, like, and I know we're off on a tangent here, but I think that like skate culture still has these incredibly powerful brands. Oh, yeah. That like, I don't know, they're kind of like counterculture, but like, they're just, like, you'll see a lot of what we do with Metify is mm -hmm. influenced by a lot of these, like, punk and, like, yeah. counterculture, like, vibes because I think it's dope. Yeah. It's all coming yeah. back, too, man. Yeah. Like, and it's coming back hard. Uh, I mean, let's just take the, like, the pand uh, pandemic, for example. Is yeah. You know, people really are realizing that, you know, I talked to, I talked to my tattoo artist the other day, and mm. we were having a, a phone call, and... uh he made a really good point and he was just like, dude, I don't think people are just sitting around, you know, being lazy, collecting unemployment because like when you're an yeah. adult, it's not a lot of fucking money. Right. So 
what they are probably doing is realizing that their time is more fucking worth, you know, yeah, a lot more to them than yeah. than anything else. And they're realizing that they could probably now's the time to like take a chance yeah. and and take the leap, start a business or do something to make money that they want to do. Yeah. And dude. that like, dude, that that resonated with me so hard. I was just like, fuck, yeah, man. Like, yeah. that's Definitely. People are finally at a point right now where, you know, it's cool to be that counterculture and come back and just be like, you know what? I didn't have to be the rich kid in school. I didn't have to be the cool kid. You know, uh, the kid that didn't have to struggle to make fucking connections because their parents just dumped that on you. You know, it's you're the guy who's like coming back at it like 10 times harder than anyone else. And it's really fucking cool. Yeah, dude, I. Yeah, that shit, like, fires me up. So when I think about, like, where we are today, yeah, uh, what gets me really excited is this idea of, like, all right, fuck gaming. Forget gaming, mm-hmm. all right? But let's just talk about everything else that everyone's passionate about. And I think that when we look at, I'm going to get super lame here for a second, but, like, my favorite researcher is the late Anders Ericsson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his work really di- like dove into, like, how people learn. What makes expert performers so great? You know, is it talent or is it something else? And, you know, he really had this like beef with talent. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, he's, you know, he's really one of the guys who like popularized this idea of deliberate practice, right? Spending time with intention to get better. Yeah. But a lot of his work goes back to this idea of passion, right? Expert performance always starts with passion. Yeah. And, you know, in the case of people like Tiger Woods, right? Is he a prodigy or did his dad have him in a garage practicing his swings when he couldn't even walk yet? Right. Which is actually the case, you know? And it's like, like in most cases of these people that are phenomenal, what they do, it's not that they're born that way. It's they put a lot of time in yeah. to the thing they love to do. And it starts with passion and then it eventually becomes work. And then that's like, okay, well, now I'm going to practice this and I want to get better. And then you hit plateau and you got to break through that. Yep. Great. And, I've, and, and the reason I tell you all of that is because if that's true, that's incredible because that means that we're at a point now in society where people have more time than they've ever had in human history yep. to dedicate to the things they're passionate about, which means there's more reason to spend money on those things that you're passionate about. Yeah. So now someone can make 50000 a year doing fucking crochet, Yep. right? Anything you can imagine that you give a shit about, you can make a living doing and I think that's incredible. So, like, even if you hate gaming, even if you hate, right. like, oh, Metify exists, people are making money playing games, it's amazing because we're here at the birth of this, this shift in culture yeah. where people are, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like support your local everything where yeah. people are making a living doing what they love, doing things that make them feel alive yep. instead of just working to stay alive. Right, yeah. it's such a huge shift. That's a difference. I think it's that really is important. A, that, those are two humongously different things. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, like, dude, that whole like living paycheck to paycheck shit just to stay alive and just to be able to afford the gas to continue yeah. going to work. Yeah, is dude, that whole mindset I think is fucking on its way out. It's just yeah, and like you said, I mean, if there is a lady who or or guy who who's fucking awesome at crocheting. Yeah. Um, they have every single avenue at their fingertips yeah. to make sure that somebody can know about their crochet. They could sell yeah. it online. They don't have to do any kind of like, you know, brick and mortar storefront type of anything. Yeah. It's just, it's there. 
this is this is the time to you know really get amped up about shit and right. and make it happen for yourself. Yeah, I think it's so exciting. And of course, like a lot of a piece of me loves to see big businesses mm-hmm. hurting from it. For sure. I can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean that I don't want to make enough money to get a villain castle one day? No, I'm trying right. to get rich. Yeah. But I still I a part of me just still loves seeing these old institutions crumbling because they've been predicated on preying on people who had no other choices. Right. Absolutely. So, so I, I love seeing this new world kind of evolving where people have options. Mm-hmm. You can do what you I'd rather have my kids make 50k a year doing something they fucking love. Yeah. Than 100k thinking about killing themselves once a month. Absolutely. You know, like it's just it's a, it's a it's a big difference and I, and I think we've focused on the wrong things mm-hmm. in the past. For sure. So, yeah. I'm excited about it. Dude, it's really cool. I mean, like the way that, you know, you are going with this with this business. Like when um when I guess did did you guys like really hit the ground? Like when yeah. did you start? Yeah, so we had the idea 3 years ago, but we didn't start until 10 months ago. And I'd be lying if I said that COVID didn't help. Mm -hmm. I'd be lying if I said that Black Lives Matter didn't help. Yeah. You know, suddenly these two things happen and investors all kind of look up and they're like, oh, no, our portfolios are very white. Yeah. Yeah. And gaming is this thing we've ignored for a long time because we didn't know it was profitable. Right. And then suddenly people wanted to have those conversations. Um, So, you know, we raised... In the last 10 months, we've raised just under $9 million in funding, mm-hmm. which is insane. Yeah, it's crazy. That's <laughs> fucking bonkers, man. Yeah. When we had our first conversation, I was just like, my, we were Zooming. My jaw was on my desk. I was just like yeah. sitting there holding it up. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, it's insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're 10 months old, and um, you know, coaches are now making 70000 a month on our platform. Just doing what bonkers. they love. Yeah. Doing what makes them feel alive. That's so cool. And we don't take a cut from the coach. Yeah. Every every marketplace takes like 20%. Mm. We don't take shit from the coach. We, t- we add 5% to the student. Yeah. Um, and that comes back to like that difference, right? Yep. You, you have to really give a shit about who your customer is. Yeah. And for us, the customer is the coach. The customer is that person who says, I'm incredible at this thing I do. I put hundreds, thousands of hours into getting good at this. Yeah. I shouldn't have to like rely on this predatory platform that's taking advantage of me. Yeah. So for us, like I'd rather be the infrastructure enabling these people to do this than this thing that's like hoping that I can trap you into not leaving our platform to so you can save money. Yeah. Exactly. So for me, it's like come back every time. I want you to use the thing we're building, not figure out clever ways to get around it. Yeah. So we don't take anything from them. And um, I think that's why we've grown so fast. Yeah. We're the biggest coaching platform and we have competitors who are five and six years old. It's amazing. I mean, every, I have hundreds of friends that would, that go fucking the same way. Yeah. Like say you're a drafter and you work at this, this place and you're drafting cabinets and, uh, you know, you're like, oh man, I could kind of do this if I, uh. Yeah. Maybe just shoot this guy an email real quick and just be <laughs> right. like, you know, and you know, you shoot this dude an email and say like, Hey, I could probably do this a little cheaper for you on the side and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then all of a sudden. That's what you're doing. You're like, yeah. you know, you're getting around the, the, um, well, in his case, he was getting around <laughs> fucking business. Yeah. Like the, the company he was working for, but like, I mean, it's for you guys to like understand yeah. that 
the customer really is the coach and you guys are, that's how you're making your money. You're not making your money from the students. You're making your money from the coach. You're relying on his talent to, you know, to be the shortstop for that, for that money. I mean, that's really what that is. So it's uh, dude, it's really cool. I think that you have like a really great idea and a real, a real streamline idea on like how you want this to go. Um, as far as like, uh, you know, partners or investors or anything mm-hmm. like that, I mean, like, what's uh, who do you yeah. who do you got involved? Can you say or yeah, okay, um, a lot of amazing people. Yeah, um, I just want I want people yeah. to hear these names just so yeah. they're like, oh fuck, he ain't he's not kidding around. <laughs> yeah. So the first person who took who really took a bet on us, and, and really the reason that we are where we are is um, Jeff Morris Jr. He was a VP of product at Tinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put in a hundred thousand up front and he was like, I'm going to just spend a couple of months with you and just like figure things out with you put you in front of incredible people that can help guide you. Yeah. Uh, because look, Josh, you're just a bald idiot. Like, let me help you <laughs> get that. Um, and he was in a lot of ways, he, he is like a mentor to me. Um, and then that led to us raising our first round of funding. Yeah. And that was crazy because we were flooded. You know, I was getting, I'm still getting, but, but back, back then I was getting like 10, 15 emails from investors just saying, can I get on a call with you? Can I talk about giving you money? And usually I'm like, that's a ticket to scam town. Right. Uh, yeah. And just like, <laughs> these guys are legit. There's like, let's get on a zoom call so I can wire you money, which is insane. Yeah. Um, but we started like really vetting because we had the, we had the, um, the privilege of choice. Yeah. You know, yep. because we were so oversubscribed. Um, and then. We initially only wanted to raise 300000 for our first round because I thought, that's all I need. Yeah. We get 300000 We start making money day one. We can run with it. And then um, I met Brian O'Malley. Uh, he's a general partner at Forerunner Ventures. So Forerunner has invested in, um, you know, things like Hims and Hers, Bonobos, Warby mm-hmm. Parker. Um, you know, they're one of the leading consumer funds in the country. And he was just so real with me. He was just like... I like that he swore on the first call. Yep. Means a lot to me. It really uh, does. <laughs> <laughs> but he was also just real. He's like, look, dude, if, if you don't need to raise more money, then you don't need to raise more money. You know what's best. Yeah. But we're not going to put in less than a million. And I was like, okay. Uh, and then he checked in with me again at like 2 a.m. And I was just like, yo, if this guy's trying to get on a call at 2 a.m., I'm going to take the fucking call. Yep. Uh, this guy's for real. He's, he's like the truth. Uh, so I hopped on a call with him again. And like, I was like, look, I'm, I think we might just take more money. And then in the end, that kept, that that number kept going up because more people kept coming in. Yeah. So we brought in um, Bing Gordon. Uh, Bing Gordon is the one who uh, created Amazon Prime and launched it. Uh, monster. Yeah. Monster thinker. <laughs> like um, uh, Brianne Kimmel. Uh, there's uh, Matt Cooper. Matt Cooper is the CEO of Skillshare. Mm-hmm. Hopped on a call with him to talk about you know, education platforms. And he was yeah. just like, love what you're doing. Kind Dude, of I love Skillshare. And it's just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Um, at Naval Ravikant, I've been a fan of him since I was like 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and he's invested in Twitter and Uber and Airbnb and all these massive companies. Um, and, uh, you know, all of those were really interesting because these are people that I never thought I'd ever have the time of day with. Right. You know, like, why are you? 
Like, do you know that I spend most of my days in my underwear? Like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> like, when do you fly here and realize I'm not, not the guy you think I am? Um, and then it, it just kept growing. So we ended up raising um, a little over $3 million for our first round of funding. Mm-hmm. And I kept, I kept waiting for, like, I don't know, something to stop it. Yeah. Like, I, like I, I don't know. Like, maybe they're going to fly into town and be like, hey, you're an idiot. Like, we tricked you. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they're going to run my credit, <laughs> right? Like, check my credit and right. see, see what a piece of garbage I've been throughout all of my teen years right. and my early 20s. Samesies. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, my credit's whack, too. Because I was just like, they're going to check and be like, we can't give you this loan. Right. Uh, and it was none of that. They were just like, okay, we've vetted you. We've talked about your plans. we talked about your, your vision for this. Mm-hmm. Where's the wire info? And then I woke up one morning, there was $3 million in the bank account. There you go. And that was, that was crazy. Uh, and and then we, you know, we raised our next round four months after that. Uh, and that was just, we started innovating on the product, uh, and four owners like, you should raise more money. Like you're going to need more money to be, to have defensibility. Yeah. You know? And that's the thing is like with startups, a lot of the time, like what you're building can be copied. Oh yeah. When you innovate, it's, it's particularly easy to copy and tech is getting easier to build. So they're like, you don't really have defensibility, but you're really innovating. And you're yeah. moving fast. So just raise more money because everyone everyone's knocking at the door anyway. Just answer it. Yeah. Um, so we started like playing with the idea of it. And then um, I met with DCM um, out of uh, Asia. And they, they really got what I, what I wanted to do in terms of expanding into Asia. Uh, M25 was in our first round. Uh, Mike SM uh, from M25. And he's like... Uh, you know, one of the few black investors and, mm-hmm. he, and, and he, he was like guiding me in this whole thing that I was thrown into of like, Hey Josh, now you represent black people in business. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> I'm not the guy you want representing anything. Yeah. Uh, and they're just like, you know, like business, business insider and, you know, TechCrunch and all, all of these like platforms are like putting me on a, you know, in the spotlight. Uh, and then there's not a lot of, people of color raising money. So it's just like, yeah, he's the guy to talk to about what should be done for people to raise money. Yeah. And Mike's just like, you don't gotta be here. You don't, but like sometimes you're just there and the guy who doesn't want to be there is the best guy to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so that was strange. And then, you know, with the next round, um, it was the same thing. It was like, let's not raise that much. Let's raise another 2 million maybe. Uh, and then we ended up raising 5.5 million. Holy shit. Uh, and that was, you know, DCM came in, um, Forerunner doubled down on their investment, so they put in more money. Yeah. And then um, I had a call with uh, Alexis Ohanian. He's the uh, you know one of the founders of Reddit and the husband of Serena Williams. Um, also, super cool guy. Yeah, I thought he was going to be a douche. I was like, this guy is super famous. I'm going to yeah. get a call, and he's just going to be the biggest douche. So down to earth. That's awesome, man. Like very humble, very down to earth. And um, when I was pitching him, you know, he was just like. I never do this. You can ask, you know, Lissy, like one of my members of his team. Um, but I'm going to give you an offer right now. Let me invest. Uh, he's like, I'm good for 1.5 million right now. And I was like, I've got a hundred thousand of available funds. Cause like whenever you're raising money, you have a limit to how much you can take because mm-hmm. you're selling pieces of your company. Yeah. So your valuation kind of sets how much you give up. Right. So if your valuation is a hundred dollars and you're giving up 30%, you know, you can only really take $30. Yeah. Um, so for us, our valuation was $32 million. 
So, you know, investors were saying that our business is arbitrarily worth 32 million. Right. Um, and that's worth whatever you say it's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shark Tank doesn't really paint a good picture of that because they're just like, what? A million? Are you out of your mind? You know what right, I mean? Yeah. Like they're just like, what are you thinking? The reality is, you know, an investor's like, well, what, what do you think in terms of valuation? And you're just like, I think it's this. And they're like, I think that makes sense. It, there's no real calculation being right, done. Right, yeah. Um, but you know, we just didn't have the room. Uh, and he was just like, I I want in. And I was just like, yeah, what's, I mean, he's a big deal. Yeah. He's awesome. And like the way he treat, he does his fund is also amazing. So we ended up bringing him in. Um, but you know, we just have these heavy hitters. Like these these guys are incredible. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and they act as mentors and they act as allies and, they let me do things my way, you know, and Brian's always important. telling me, Josh, like, you know, you're a bit of a wild dog. Like I give you advice and you do your own thing anyway. And yeah, it seems to work out. So I guess good job. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's awesome, man. I mean, the thing is, is, you know, you do have all these guys like coming in big names, big investors, things like that. But when it comes down to it, you really are the guy that knows the product better than anybody. Yeah. So I think it's really neat that, you know, they are trusting you to take their investments and uh, just build something humongous with it. Yeah. It's awesome. Out of their mind. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's me so cool. million dollars unchecked? You're crazy. <laughs> well, what was, so like when <laughs> you guys like set the thing up. worth of hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys set it all up, what was, I mean, so you get the funding. Mm-hmm. What is, what's your next step? What'd you do? Uh, hire. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the real benefit uh, of raising that kind of money is suddenly you can be much more ambitious. Mm-hmm. You know, so we started off as this very simple idea, and not, and now we're growing it in a way where we're like we're building very sophisticated things. Yeah. So you know we're hiring um, engineers from Google and Facebook, and you know executives from you know all of these like very well. I can't say some of the executives we've hired because yeah. it's not public yet, but from these very well known household name companies. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have the money to do it. You know, we are now, we're now competitive with Google and Facebook. You know, yeah. what they can pay, we can pay for the most part. Uh, and that's, that's the point, yep. you know? So let's put together, let's put together the crew to kind of pilot the rocket ship. Yeah. And that's most of my job is recruiting, you know? My, most mm-hmm. of my job is just talking, yeah. you know, to investors or to potential people on the team. That's just awesome. Just to tell the story. Um, that's where the money goes. Yeah. It's the biggest expense. It's a good story. Um, as far as like, I mean, how it actually works, um, you know, you guys, you guys aren't a, a brick and mortar. Like, it's right. not like the kids show up and the coach is there and it's like, yeah. okay, come on in. Like, we're going to sit in this like room and play games. <laughs> right. So explain like, how, how does this work? Where do they meet? Is there a platform that you guys have yeah. that, you know, they meet or, or how's that work? Yeah. So we, so we build a platform that facilitates most of the interaction Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll go to the site and you'll say, uh, if you're a kid or you're a parent looking to purchase for your kid, um, or yourself, you know, you go to the site and you'd say, okay, well, I want to learn this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the case of like smash brothers, right? Like super smash right. brothers, ultimate or melee or whatever. You might go to the site and say, I want to go to this site, this page, and I want to learn how to play Kirby or Bowser or whoever. Mm-hmm. And then you'll go to that character and you'll say, oh, these are the best Kirby players in the world. Or here's the best Bowser player in the world. Uh, and then here's their hourly rate. And if that sounds agreeable to you, then you just pick a time on their calendar. Yep. And we update their calendar in real time. Um, 
So if they have a dentist appointment at noon, we don't tell you that, but we do say he's normally available at noon, but he's not on this day. Right. Um, and then you just schedule a time. And then what happens is the coach will either accept or, or uh, ask to reschedule, or maybe they'll just say, hey, like, you know, you've been collecting my hair for a year. Like, I'm not going to take the session with you. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they just cancel. And then we facilitate if it's like, this isn't a good fit. Yeah. Because some of these guys are celebrities. So sometimes the weird things happen. Oh, yeah. Um, but at that point, uh, the coach gets a calendar update. You get an update. And then on the day of, you connect on Discord, uh, which is like okay. a messaging platform. Uh, eventually, we're going to move to our own service on site mm-hmm. and in app for communication. But for now, we use Discord. That's it. You hop on a call and... Um, Do you it, physically play the game together? It varies. Some okay. people will say, uh, record a video and upload it to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then we'll review that video together and oh, I'll okay. give you advice. Uh, others will just join your team with you and give you advice while you're playing. And then others will face face off with you. So they'll, they'll compete against you. Okay. Um, that's that's mo- the most common is like, I'm going to play against you. Because for a lot of these guys, when you when you ask that question of how do you turn great players into great teachers, a big part of it is they're already pretty great at, at doing the things they need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Because if you're looking to beat somebody in anything, right, whether it's a yeah. video game or you're fighting or playing, you know, chess or whatever, um, you're always looking for where your opponent's weak. Yep. What are the mistakes they're, wake, they're making that I can take advantage of? The only difference here is you have to say it out loud. So yeah. you say, hey, you keep doing this thing. If you keep doing that, I'm going to keep picking your ass. Right. And I was like, oh, I keep doing that. That's right. And then you, you start to, to, to realize. Um, but, but we are building an, uh, a video review system on platform, though, mm-hmm. so that students can upload a video of their footage. Uh, and then the coach can leave feedback asynchronously. So like a coach can be like in the bathtub uh, or in the restaurant or, yeah. or, you know, wherever. And they can say, oh, at the 30-second mark, you should have done this instead. And then that's just on the site. And then if you're a parent, mm-hmm. you can review that with your kid and you can be more involved. That's uh, fantastic. See, I think that that is where a lot of parents would get to that point sooner is if they're involved and they can see that there's yeah. some sort of progress going and it's more of a learning experience. Um, and not just for the game, but like yeah. people skills, like you're talking to somebody yeah. who you might idolize. And at, at some point you have to realize, like you got to get over the whole, like, Oh my God, this, you know, I'm in shock because this is a celebrity. And you talk to the person like a human and right. you, when you're a kid, and you really get those skills down where you can speak to people, even people that you're intimidated by or yeah. in awe of. Um, dude, that's that's priceless, man. I think that it's amazing to like give somebody a uh, give somebody like the this. Those are basic skills. Yeah, and we vet every coach that comes onto the platform. So we always have a call with a coach, and, and mm-hmm. we are invite only. So like, you know, the kid down the street can't start coaching a Metify. Yeah. Uh, yet, you know, maybe one day. But for now, we do, we are exclusive to the best players in the world. But you can't just be the best player and a dickhead. Yeah. Right. So like we, we do vet for that. So it's just like, are you a decent person? Are you easy to talk to? Do you actually want to do this? Mm-hmm. Or are you just phoning it in? Um, and then because that matters. Right. If your kid, I think I think about my kids a lot and I think, OK, is this person a Am I comfortable with my kid hopping on a, a call with this person? Right. This stranger, really. Yeah. Uh, this strange person who plays video games for a living on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's a little creepy. Uh, yeah. So when we think about that, a big part of it is, are they going to be a good role model to my kid? Mm-hmm. If my kid's going to go to them as a fan, am 
my very impressionable kid, are they going to be a good mentor to my kid? Right. Because they're their hero. Uh, so we do, we do vet for that very seriously. Um, and I think that's why like being a father helps. Yep. You know, <laughs> a lot for sure. I don't I think would I would have cared at 20. I'd be like, yeah, who gives a shit? Don't call me if you're a kid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's so cool. I mean, like how many, how many coaches do you guys have working for you right now? Uh, a little, a little over 540. Holy cow, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy. So like, I mean, you think like pretty much every popular game is covered and no, uh, oh, really not even close. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, um, woefully lacking. Uh, are you looking for like certain people for certain games and like, yeah, that's the like, thing is really searching. We are really selective on who yeah. we bring on. So we could, we could populate at, at this point. We have, I think we have a little over a thousand people on our wait list to be interviewed to coach. Oh, wow. Um, so there's a lot of demand. Most of them aren't qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not us being elitist. It's just, it's in our best interest to protect everyone's brand. For sure. Our brand, the coaches that come onto the platform's brand. Uh, and then, of course, for students, they have to have a good experience. Oh, yeah. Um, so Smash Brothers is a game where we are we are dominant in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocket League, we're going to be fairly dominant in in about uh, maybe a month, maybe a little less. Mm-hmm. And then League of Legends, we've just started really working on. Um, so the big games, they're, they're a little tougher because... Uh, a lot of these players are making good money. Yeah. And so they get a lot of weird offers in their inbox. We're just like, hey, you want to do this thing? Right. Yeah. And then, you know, it's a Ponzi scheme or it's whatever because these guys don't know better in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, so a lot of us is just us educating and, and saying, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's why it's actually above board and yeah. legit. But sometimes we've got to cut through the noise and that takes a while. And, dude, that's, I mean, like, on the flip side, that's really awesome for the coaches themselves because, yeah. I mean, just like you're saying, these are these can be kids who are amazing at games. You know, they're very talented at you know this game or or whatever. That doesn't mean that they have any kind of uh, fucking business sense at all whatsoever. Right. Yeah. So like for you guys to kind of be protecting them in a way that is like you know we are a legit you know you can make yeah. a lot of money through us. You know, we there's the proof, there's your pay stub, there's this, there's that. Yes. It's not like, you know, you have to do anything weird to get yourself involved with people that are going to rip you off somewhere down, you yeah. know, down the line or something. Dude, I love you say that. And, like, uh, I'm going to throw shots at our competitors because they can eat shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. They don't care. You know, and this is why, like, anytime you build a marketplace in particular, you have to decide early on who your customer is. Mm-hmm. Because marketplaces are multi-sided, uh, generally two sides, sometimes more. Um in the case of this model, there's two sides. It's the coach and the student. Every platform that's come before us has said the student is the customer. So right. what does that mean? That means, first off, we make our money on the coaches, so we take 20% on every transaction. Yeah. We don't allow the coaches to share where they are elsewhere on the internet because we don't want them to go off platform. The students need to stay because they're our customers. Uh, we take, um, you know, we, we put emphasis on a student hits the site, they find a, a coaching session right away. We don't give a shit if a coach makes a living doing this. All that matters is a student gets a session when they get here because we mm-hmm. make money that way. Yeah. For us, it's totally different. Like, the student's not the customer. That doesn't mean I'm g- I don't give a shit about students. Of course I do. I give a shit about students because the coaches who are our customers give a shit about students. Yep. But my first priority is coaches. So when I think about a coach that's not doing well, a coach who keeps missing sessions, a coach who is struggling, the answer for me isn't get the hell off the platform. It's 
you're not a businessman. Like you're not a or, or woman or or, right. or anything. So how do we help you level up? Your retention's low. Here's yeah. how we help you improve it. Uh, or you've missed a couple bookings. Let's talk about what's going on there. So like having a coach for the coaches to help them yeah. build these relationships and understand because, I mean, I, you're familiar with freelancing right? yeah. and, and consulting. I'm super familiar with it as well. It's hard. Yes, it is. And it takes time to get used to it. And if you've spent most of your career making money playing games where you're beholden to no one, mm-hmm. you don't really have that skill set yet. Right, yeah. So we're working really hard to help them really build a business that will endure. Uh, like we're doing a much more than just set up your profile and, you know, get bent. Like it's like, hey, we want to help yeah. you win here, including like you got to pay taxes. Yep. Right. Like I hope you're putting money aside because it's not just free. You know, you've got to you got to pay your taxes. So like working on statements now that are mm. super organized and clean to help them. So that's like here's how to understand your income. Yeah. Right? Here's here's where it makes sense to start doing charitable donations. Yep. You talk to most freelancers really anywhere. They probably don't even know when it's time to start you know, using charitable donations to benefit you. Right, yeah. So, like, all those things are things that we can do from a tech standpoint to help them level up and also, like, a people standpoint, but um, at scale, you know? Yeah. So how do we help thousands of these individuals across the country make a living doing this and then yeah. the world after that? It's amazing. It's, like, it's basically free business school. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. while they're while they're making a, a ton of money. Yeah. And it's of course, fantastic. we make money, too. Like, yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to run a charity. I want to make absolutely. Money. I want to get rich. I want to. I want to buy a, a yacht just so I can sell it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, but I. But I want to keep my soul while doing it. Oh yeah. You know, like a lot of I care about these guys. A lot of them are my friends. <laughs> so like I don't want to do some shit that. And also, it makes good business sense. Mm-hmm. If we treat these guys well, yes, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel warm, and it's very sweet, and, and it's very comforting. Um, but if we don't treat them well, we might win short term. But eventually, someone's going to come along, and they're going to treat them right. And that person wins. Yeah. Fuck that person. I want to be that person. Exactly. So I think we just treat them right now, even if it means we grow slower and our profits are lower in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because at scale, who cares? Yeah. You know, who gives a shit at scale? If I've got a billion versus a billion and one, I think I'm going to be all right. Yeah. So. I think it'll be okay. <laughs> I think it's awesome, man. I mean, like you really, uh, I think you really, and not like in, in just in the term of money or anything yeah. like that, but I think that, you really struck gold with this idea, yeah. um, you know, in personal fulfillment, money, all of that stuff. But, yeah. um, Luck too. yeah, what, I mean, talk about timing, dude, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, like, has there been a project, you know, just to, you know, make sure everybody yeah. realizes that it's not just, you know, luck all the time yeah. because that's what we talked about. Like Tiger Woods, yeah. He didn't just pop out swinging a golf club right. and hitting hole in one. So, um, had there been projects in your life that have failed miserably? Yeah, countless. Yeah. Countless. Uh, I mean, uh, we, w- we would need probably three hours to go through all of them, but, yeah. um, you know, you know, one project was, uh, I've had one thing in the past related to gaming and it was actually with, with a mutual friend of, of, of ours. Um, you know, Sean, mm-hmm. and that was, uh, we called it level one. Yeah. And it was this idea we we're going to have an arcade locally, you know, because we were thought, hey, like, there's nothing for kids to be doing in the area. Let's play, have this place where we have the dopest PCs and the dopest systems. They can come in and they can rent it out or they can just come in and play games, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think I'm the one who mostly ruined that idea. 
I just wanted it to be perfect. I wanted everything to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, let's get the design right. And let's <laughs> let's redo the ceiling tile. Let's paint all the ceiling tiles. And that was a week of work. And, yeah. and, and in the end, we never even opened. It yeah. shut down. We never even launched it. Uh, you know, I, I had uh, I had a business, uh, a social curation platform for anime and manga fans. Mm-hmm. Most successful thing I, I, I've done prior to this. And um, we had a million users. Uh, wow. We had a partnership with Hulu. They were giving us all of their anime content. And I just messed it up. I, I made every mistake you could make. I didn't fire fast enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I had problematic people that I knew I needed to let go. Yeah. But I couldn't do it. You know, because it, it hurts. It hurts you and it hurts them. And it's yeah. just very uncomfortable. And I think that's the mistake that most founders make, most entrepreneurs make early, especially, is they wait too long to fire. Yeah. You know, it's not your job to fix those people. It's not your job to, to kind of level them up, especially early days. Yeah. Early days, you're not you're supposed to be doing internships. You're not supposed to be doing all these things. You, mm-hmm. you can't. You need someone that can fly the plane and build it too. Yep. Um, so, you know, that was a mistake, but also I didn't plan ahead well enough. The way that I think about business now, I think about like card games. You know, when we're playing a competitive card game, anytime you make a play, you, you have to stop and you have to think, if I make this play, how do I lose next turn? What yeah. can my opponent have that beats me on the next turn? Yep. And if you don't think about that, you're going you're gonna to get bad luck eventually. Yeah. Right? Where you lose and you think, well, if he wouldn't have had that one card, I wouldn't have lost. But if you would have thought about him maybe having that card, it wouldn't have happened. I didn't have that mindset with the last business. And we got fucked. Yeah. You know, a big player came in and they said, they're a threat. Kill them. And Hulu killed our deal. And that's yeah. it. Our money was gone. Our app store ranking plummeted. And... I was so depressed. I felt like yeah. such a failure. Like, I was just like, it was on me. Yep. You know, and that's the thing is like, it, it was on me. It could have been prevented. Uh, and, you know, just so many ideas, so many businesses in the past, they've all failed. Mm-hmm. All of them. You know, if you ask anyone who knows me, and if anyone who knows me is listening, they're probably just like, yeah, another fucking Josh idea. <laughs> you know, and that's I'm sure how Metify was, where they're just like, oh, that's cool, Josh. Yeah. You're going to do another little thing? When are you going to get a real job? Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so Metify has been, Metify feels like an overnight success, but Metify is 10 years of learnings right. compounded. Exactly. That's the kind of point, that's the point that I wanted to get to. So it's, it's really just kind of like, you know, it, there's hard work that is involved yeah. with, with great success. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm sure Tiger Woods lost his fair share of yeah. matches and sliced and hooked uh, his fair share of balls. Couldn't couldn't fucking putt or the damn um, at some point in his life. Yeah. He probably just got out of the weight when he was eight, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, just like yeah. dude, uh, it's just you have to you have to um, you know push through and and really just yeah. keep on going and going. That really is the the sign of a true like entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, it's a curse. You it, gotta, you gotta. You can't ever work for for somebody else. No, never. Right. Any, I mean, anyone who's ever employed me is like, yeah, that guy fucking sucked. Yeah. You know. I mean, I my ex wife's dad, and I took this as a compliment. I'm not sure it was meant as one. <laughs> <laughs> he said he said to me one time. He goes, man. He was like, there are really two kinds of people in the world. He's like, and you know, there's a guy that you know. People that can work for people and people yeah. who just fucking can't. And you're, you just can't work yeah. for people. It's hard. And I, dude, I, and 
you know, no shade on the people that can work for other people because I mean, that's, that's where they want to be. That's where they feel comfortable. I just, I don't feel comfortable having somebody telling me what to do. And at that point, it's just like, if you fuck up and you fail, then again, another learning experience where it's just like, okay, I shouldn't have done that. Or I could have done this better. You know, it's going to sound ridiculous, but I think that I, I genuinely like if I could not be an entrepreneur, I would choose that any day of the week. Yeah. But like if I could if I could be happy working at nine to five, genuinely happy mm-hmm. where at five o'clock, I think time to spend time with my family. Yep. Yes, I would choose that. Are you kidding? Yeah. What a blessed life that would be that to me. I'm not going it's, to it's, it's a big deal uh, to me that like the life of an entrepreneur <laughs> is like a it's a life of sacrifice. Yeah. Right? You're sacrificing relationships. You're sacrificing um, your time. Oh yeah, youth. You know, in, in a lot of cases, weekends, weekends. Your your generally, uh, and, and I think that when I when I look at entrepreneurs, and I look at people in general, I think that entrepreneurs are kind of like a mutation, right? Like okay. if you look at like like uh, like cells, like and, and like how like, like evolution, right? Right. You know, you have mutations, and most of the time, that mutation sucks. Yeah. Right? It's like, all right, yeah. you got like an extra ear. Right. It either yeah. did nothing for you or it killed you. Yep. The chance Probably. of it actually being a good thing, very low. <laughs> yeah. Exceedingly low. Uh, and like most people, they're wired to move society forward, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or keep society running, rather. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just like, hey, you're, you're making things work. You're the oil uh, keeping the, ma- the machine from squeaking. Um, and then you have entrepreneurs and they're just like, what if we had a hotel for cats? Right. Yeah. And it's just like, do we need that? No. But, you know, maybe that evolves into, oh, actually, now we have boarding schools. Exactly. Or, or boarding for pets. Yeah. And people are like, oh, I can vacation now. That was actually great. It's I'm great glad idea. you had this yeah. dumb idea of, of, like, you know, whatever that was, that first thing. But, like, most of the time, most of these ideas are terrible. Yep. Most entrepreneurs are going to fail, and they're, they're kind of doomed to fail, and they just keep trying anyway. So I just think we're we're wired in a way that, is a little unfortunate yeah. um, and it's celebrated. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I mean, I have, a, you know, there's a lot of people that are just like, man, I wish I could run my own business. And it's like, I wanted to do this forever. And I waited until I was in, you know, my mid thirties. Yeah. And then 2017, I was just like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to quit my corporate job. And yeah. it, was, it was a cushy ass job. And I'm going to do this for myself. Yeah. And Dude, the struggle was just like, it was super real. I mean, I was definitely like, I can do this. I can do this. I had to convince my, my mom that I could do it. I had to convince my dad I could do it. My wife, my friends, everyone was just like, Hey, yo, you just bought a house, man. Congratulations. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, cool dude. So like, yeah, if you need help after work and I'm like, uh, yeah, I quit my job. They're like, (laughs) right. You just bought a house yesterday. And I'm like, yep. Quit my job yesterday too. Yeah. Like my dad was like, what in the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, I mean, I was standing in Home Depot and my dad was on the phone screaming at me. (laughs) Not like screaming like, you fucking idiot. He was just like, dude, I understand. Yes. Like (laughs) now your life is over. You fucking work. And it doesn't matter what you do. You need to fucking pay for that house. And Yeah. um, yeah, it just like crazy. You wake up and, dude, 
like the motivation just like is it's there. Sometimes it's not, but it's there. And you know, every single morning you wake up, you know that you are uh, in charge of your life. And whether you win or fail that day is completely fucking up to you. Yeah. So that's best fucking do it. That's the thing. And and that's what I, I think a lot of people, they look at entrepreneurship, they look at running your own business and they think they see the freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's what's compelling, but yeah. the, I don't think they realize that it's actually much more work yeah. than having a job where you can just turn off. Um, and I think that for me, that's what's scariest and what's hardest about being an entrepreneur is that I feel I feel more alive than I've maybe ever felt in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel, I mean, just so motivated to keep doing what I'm doing, and and it's it's enthralling. Yep. Um, and therein lies the fear because. It's chaos, right? Oh, the, yeah. the anxiety uh, is, is not present when I'm working. When I'm working, there's no anxiety. But it's when I'm laying in bed at night and I realize the mountain of anxiety that, that, that's shadowed over me. Yeah. That's when it really hits me. And, and the part is that, that I'm kind of addicted to it. That's what's scary. Yeah. Is that when I, that, that feeling of anxiety is normal to me now. So this, I'm ruined. You know, <laughs> if, if Medify right, yeah. fails, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to work a normal job. No way. Not it's a never going to give me the anxiety that I have from this. So I see entrepreneurship the way I see like extreme mountain climbers. Yeah. Right. Like, why are you doing that? Because there's something wrong with you or something yeah. <laughs> like you're addicted <laughs> to this shit. Right. Yeah. In a way that you shouldn't be. And it's just with entrepreneurship, we celebrate it. We're like, yep. look at him. Hard look at worker. him, Gail. Look at him ruining his relationships. Yeah. Uh, you know, his, his sacrificing his, his friendships and all of that. But at the same time, like, I do love what I do. Oh yeah. And I want to keep doing it. But I think that entrepreneurs need to talk to each other more <clears throat> for sure. Need to be support systems. Cause regular people, when I say regular people, I mean people that are, you know, generally, you know, contributing to society. Yeah. Uh, they don't, they don't see it the same way. Right. And I think entrepreneurs are just like, Hey, I know what you're going through. I know this is addicting to you. Yeah. You need to take a minute and like spend some time with your kids. Yep. You know, and I think that's really important because you can miss it. You can get lost on that anxiety high mm-hmm. or that high of people acknowledging you, the high yeah. of being on a podcast yeah. and get too full yourself. So I think it's important. Yeah. It's wild, man. All interesting stuff, man. Yeah. I'm really, uh, I'm excited to see where this goes um, for you. And it's just like, it's so incredible to like, I, I always stop down downstairs uh, to grab waters for the show at the newsstand. And every time I go in, the guy down there, he's always like, live from Greensburg, Pennsylvania. You know, like, sweet fucking guy, man. I stop in there every Thursday. I buy waters. I get a city paper. And um, he's always like, who's on? And today, I was sitting there telling him about you. And he was just like, whoa, this is in Greensburg? And I'm like, it's in fucking Greensburg, man. I was like, is that insane? And he's just like, this is the coolest thing. And like... He's a, he's an older guy, so he mm. didn't kind of understand the gaming aspect sure, of yeah. it. But his kid was there, and his kid was—I mean, he's probably our age—and he yeah. was like, "Yeah, man, esports, where it's at." That's he sick. fucking knows, dude. He's sitting there, just like it's exciting to watch people play. It's exciting to watch people win. He goes, and if it, whether it's people playing the game or people pl- actually in the game, yeah, it's fucking exciting. And I was like, dude, this guy knows. I was like. You want to go upstairs? <laughs> you want to go awesome. upstairs and chat? <laughs> like, but like the dude, I mean, it's awesome, man. So it's very cool to 
to see that you're doing this in yeah. the in this community and like dude so funny that uh you know a 13 year old comes up and just goes did you ever hear a metify and i'm like <laughs> uh i was like oddly enough yes how the fuck did you hear about it? Yeah. And it was just like, you know, Sean had just like kind of told me about you and right. what you were doing and stuff. And then I read an article about you not too long after that. And then, uh, yeah, my kid comes up and he's just like, yeah, I think it's really cool. And I was just like, my mind's fucking blown right now. Yeah, it's very so cool. Weird. I came home one day and my kids were like, um, dad, you got to see this. And I was like, what? And, and like they put the, they were, they were just watching YouTube. Yeah, and one of the YouTubers was like, "By the way, you should check out my Metify if you want to learn one on one, or like just get a chance to play with me." Oh, yeah, my kids were like, "That's you." That's the- uh, f- yeah. <laughs> it's very cool to see it in the wild. I guess. Hell yeah! Um, it's cool to build something that I guess people care about. I guess that's what it really comes back to is like right on. Whether you're making a lot of money, whether you're making no money, if you're putting something into the world that people give a shit about, mm-hmm. it's the best feeling. I think the splash, seeing it, seeing it grow and seeing it do things in the wild is more exciting than than anything else. Yeah. Like the notoriety, I think is is what I'm addicted to the most. Like yeah. I remember going to like New York and seeing like for the first time ever seeing like one of my videos play in, in Times Square oh, like wow. on that thing, and like was we got like a, there. What was it? Was it? Like it was in American Eagle like an airy video and i was just like like that fucking touched my hands that's me like i edited that that's so fucked up and like the my boss was there with me um or my old boss good friend of mine now and uh he was just like he 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 knew because he shot it and he was just like yeah he goes fucking wild isn't it just like gave me like what you know an elbow to the shoulder was like let's fucking go do another one and that's what we were there for we were there to shoot and uh it was just like it was just a real fast moment but it was really fucking cool yeah yeah that's the thing right where it's just like and even if no one knows Mm -hmm. right like when when i was working at groupon it was like you know i was doing design that was small pieces of design that was touching all these users that were using groupon yeah um no one knew i was doing it Mm-hmm. But it was just the fact that they were like, oh, you used Groupon? You saw something I did? Right, yeah. It's just very cool. Dude. And like for you, like I can't imagine the thrill of just being able to look up. That was wild. Yeah. I can't imagine. That was the craziest thing ever. It was it was really cool, uh, but it was just like one of those things that was like, it's so weird. Like, here's this like little dude in Greensburg right. who... <laughs> you know right it's, it's so like all these everyone probably thinks like even kids in like film school and stuff you have to move to right. new york or la or miami and i mean in the grand scheme of things if you really want to be like successful on a crew uh you know fucking unionized camera yeah. guy and stuff like that then yes you have to move to those places but um you know you can still do work yeah for giant brands and and with giant people, have fucking phone calls with Serena Williams' husband, uh, from yeah. from Youngwood or Greensburg, PA. Yeah, it's it's absolutely wild. It's awesome. It's, it's a numbers thing too. Yep. You know, I think that the more people you have in one place, the, the higher the chance of someone doing something that touches your world is. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's cool, uh, and I and I worry a bit that like um, that small towns get a bad rap. Oh, 100%. And like now, yeah. like the internet enables anyone to work from anywhere. Exactly. You know, so I think yeah. that people should be moving out of the city. Yep. Go live in the country. 
Right. As long as you got a good internet connection, like get out of there. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, it's a it's a give or take thing. There's obviously benefits to both. For sure. Hundred percent. Yeah, I don't mind being in the area. <laughs> right on, dude. Well, why don't you uh, tell us how we can how we can find you, how we can find Metify. Yeah. Connect. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm on Twitter, uh, just Josh Fabian on Twitter. Uh, I'm we are building in public, so like I do, I do update, you know, the things that are going well and things that aren't regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the website is metify.gg. Uh, we did buy the .com. I just haven't forwarded it over yet. <laughs> so, there you go. Things to work on. Yeah. Awesome, man. Cool. But thank you so much for having me, dude. Man. It's been a thanks for pleasure. coming in. Uh, very, very, very cool. All right, there goes Josh Fabian. What an awesome dude. Great podcast. I was really excited to have this one because it's got all the good things in there for me. I love tech and I love, you know, being an entrepreneur and small business and all of that stuff. And he kind of, uh, you know, maybe not so much a small business. He's uh, he's skyrocketing out of the universe right now. But, um, you know, Josh is an awesome dude. And he worked really hard to come up with this idea, get the funding, and uh, his megaphone is loud. People, very important people, are hearing him, and I wish him the best. Be sure to connect with Josh on all of the social links that we put down in the show description, and I'll see you next time.